What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. This week we're going to have something that is kind of cool. We've been wanting to do this for a while. We've been talking about taking a deep dive into a movie, but this movie has a little bit of a uniqueness to it because it's got a true story behind it. And what we're going to do today is take the movie, actually both movies, one and two, and compare them to the real life of what happened uh, during that yeah, time. Yeah. We're talking about the Young Guns, as you can see right behind me. So, oh, yeah. Um, speaking of Young Guns, I'm Chris Adams, your host of the show, and I'm Dirty Travis yeah, Rollins. Dirty <laughs> Travis Rollins. <laughs> Dirty we call, Dave. We call him Dirty Travis Rollins because he don't yeah, like to be in the water. Not the water. I smell I him all the way over here in Florida, and he's in South Carolina. Dirty dog. I, I did another movie just right there. Oh, oh! Remember that was, you, that was sir, weird science. That was weird you, science, baby. You sir are just too awesome. Let me tell you. Heck yeah, this is going to be an awesome show, man. Because it, it did. To find out all the factual stuff that went along with it, it's kind of like Tombstone and what really happened to Tombstone and everything. It's like, but with Tombstone, we knew all that stuff happened when we watched the movie. With Young Guns, I just find, I'm about to turn 42 and I just found out that all this was like really real. I mean, I, I knew when I saw Young Guns that it was based off of something, but only because, you know, friends and family who had, had a, a love for the Wild West stuff and everything, the Old West. I, right, knew it right. based on, I knew it was based off of something, but I didn't know how much of it was based off was true in the movie and what mm. wasn't. Because at the time, I, I'm just going to be honest, I didn't care about what was real and what wasn't. It was a great movie, and I loved the movie. <laughs> honest to God. And when, I, when it comes to movies, I don't watch a movie because I want to know the real life of it. That's what I watch a documentary I for. Documentaries for, yeah, hey, yeah. If I'm watching a movie, I want to be entertained in ways and that I don't, I don't care what the real life would be. By you golly, could, that's you could have had ET. You could have had ET come down and put his one finger in Billy the Kid's barrel and stop a bullet from coming out, and I would have cheered probably. Heck okay? yeah! And that's what, you know that's that was their intent to make this movie too was to make an enjoyable, entertaining movie, and they by golly did their job. Yes, uh, yes. The, the first movie, Young yeah. Guns, was just too awesome. Uh, no doubt. And, and what you know, it's basically, so it is. There's so much, and I wished I had had time to go in and. Well, I, it's not that I didn't have time today. The program I used to get the uh, the wave files, I've completely lost out on. I've been mm. trying to get that back all during day, and I just didn't have time to get it, install it, and go look for stuff for the show started. So my my apologies on that. I messed oh, up there. Yeah. But I mean, there are so many I, great quotes. Famous. What's the second movie? But we'll yeah. go over so many. Uh, well, we'll go over some of the pretty quotes. Pretty sure he said it in the first one, didn't he? Uh, pretty sure. No. Might have been there the toward the one. end. If he said it toward the end, I don't recall it. I don't know. Because in the second movie... They go to Chisholm's ranch, and he tells one of his uh, ranch hands, he says, you he tells a lot of people. make you famous. He tells a lot of people that. He tells a lot of people that. You well, know he, what? I think it started with the pig. I think he told the pig, I'll make you famous. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> My, I hope they did not go the route of him telling a pig he'd make him famous. I don't know, was. but for anybody out there listening that have not seen these two movies, go get them and watch them. Hey, especially if you're a Westerns fan. If you haven't watched oh, your Westerns, yeah. you're missing out big time. Westerns are, are, um, are just 80s and 90s fan. And, like, man, it's hilarious. It's awesome. It's sad. It's like you'll root for people. You'll be sad for people. It's like it's so awesome. Like Charlie. Oh, Charlie, man. I love Charlie. Charlie, yeah. Charlie Melvary was Charlie great. was the pugilist. He was the pugilist. The, 
He, he tells him again, he says, I'm a pugilist, but you wouldn't know about that, would you, pig yeah, boy? You wouldn't huh. know about that, pig boy. Yeah. But yeah. Let's go just to start from the beginning here. Start from the beginning. Young Guns themselves, the regulators. Now, Billy the Kid was not originally a regulator in the movie. He mm-hmm. was brought in uh, by the uh, owner of the ranch who has the regulators watching his ranch air for the cattle based off of the other rich dude, the rich rancher, yes. which was, uh, what was that? No, was that Murphy? Well, Turnstall, it was the Turnstall's Young Guns. Murphy was the one that they were against. So in the movie, too, remember, Turnstall was played by... Um, was it Turnstall or Tungstall? Tungstall? I think it's Tungstall. It's Tun. It's Tunstall. T-U-N-S-T-A-L-L. But anyway, it's played by Terrence Stamp. So it portrayed him as an older gentleman, taking in young boys and educating them and this and that. When actually, in truth... Turnstall looked like that. He was quite a young gentleman himself. 24 years old when he died, when they killed him. 24 years old. And that man had hey, a cattle ranch and was making money and taking in boys. And like, what did what was I doing at that age? Holy cow. A lot. I mean, <laughs> from, what, from what I read, it was a fairly good-sized ranch of cattle. And yeah, yeah. The uh, the others did not like him moving in up there and trying to you know r- run his store and his cattle and all that. Now I don't know if he actually ran a store in real life or not. In the movie, he was running a store as well mm-hmm. as he had cattle on his ranch. Right, um, right. And we said the other was based off of a. Uh, it was Murphy, right? That's who Murphy. That was Mister uh, played by Mister Jack Palance. Uh, cool. Yes. Yeah. Refreshing. That would and, be uh, him, yes. I don't have the numbers, but I have a photo of him too, which he looks like quite the young man himself. When yeah, I mean, were, he uh, definitely looks like he's all tidied up like a businessman yeah. would be. Yeah, they were, uh, they were taking over and running stuff. Had uh, hundreds of thousands, possibly even millions back then of dollars tied up in all of this. I mean, that was these are the gentlemen that built our country. I mean, if you really truly think about it. That's true. Know, this so, is true. Yeah, that's, uh, that's well, you got, you got um, Murphy not liking Tunstall having his operation against him. Uh, right. You've got a movie where he's got his people always. Well, Murphy was. So, in, in, and not only that, in the, um, so in the movies, yeah, they, they didn't like, they didn't like each other, I guess, based on your horning in on my play. Uh, I, I think it touched on the politics, maybe a smidge. Uh, yeah. Not, but uh, a little bit. But yeah. not much in the movie, though. Not right. Much. Yeah. So in, in reality, the, the war came about, the, the well, the, the conflict between Murphy and Tunstall came about because Murphy basically monopolized the the beef trade out there. And he was putting into place, you know, the politicians that he wanted into place. And we're right. creating banks and bankers that we want. And Tunstall came out and was like, you know what? Uh, that's not how it's going to go down. We're going to fight against this. So. Yeah, he was kind of coming in and horning in and just kind of spitting in the face of Murphy, you know, which we don't know that he was the, you know, he was the kind benefactor that they portrayed him in the movies. You know, in reality, he was a he was a shrewd businessman. So yeah. he, he was wanting some of the action probably more over than it was, you know, I'm coming in to fight the, for the little guy. I mean, I would think everybody would be up for themselves back then. Uh, Absolutely. Any- any movie you've ever watched that's based on that time frame and any book that you've read or documentary you've seen, everybody was there to stake their claim and make a name for themselves. Um, whether you were doing it as a gunslinger, whether you were doing it as uh, somebody that robbed trains and, you know, stole horses and cattle yeah. from people, 
whatever the case may or be. If you, you were, were trying to, to build a dry goods, if you had a dry goods store that you was trying to get, you know, <laughs> whatever. I mean, you might have yeah, been a whatever lawyer, it was, you know, you know, a lawyer making a name for yourself in that time yeah, as well. Might be chasing the gold rush or daggum. Yeah, there's all kind of stuff people was going after. A exactly. thousand ways yeah, I mean, to make it. Right, but it was always about making a name for yourself. So to believe that he was there to fight for the little man, I never really bought into that to begin with anyway. No, no. But in the movie, he's portrayed as the older gentleman, like you said, who would take the derelicts in off the street and have them watch over his ranch. He called mm-hmm. them regulators. They see Billy the Kid running through town one day being chased by somebody. You hear gunshots going off, and he's like, great, there's going to be another hanging, I guess. Mm-hmm. But him and Doc Skurlock, who were going into town for stuff, actually uh, pulled out by them and got him picked up into the buggy, told him to come on with them, and they'd get him out of there, basically, yeah. which they did. So you get him back at the ranch, and he got him up there. You know, He's got to start like everybody else. He's got to earn his keep there. He's out there working. They got him working with the pigs, which gets the new guys picking on him and everything. Well, I'm sorry, hacking on him, right? They're hacking, hacking on him. They was hacking Perfect. on him. They're they just hacking on him is what they're doing. Yeah. You know? they and you get, the, you get the infamous line from the first one for Charlie Bowdry which we learn uh, to appreciate so much more later in the movie. But Charlie right. Badgley, uh, you get the, the infamous line about how there are regulators, you know, they, they work for him. They take care of his stuff. It's yeah. getting any geek off the street. Regulating and he's stealing of this here property. That's right. We're damn good too. <laughs> Can't be any geek off the street. going to be handy with the steel. You know what I mean? Earn your key. Which uh, went to a uh, great Warren G song, Regulate. Absolutely. Everybody and then later song, on, man. Dirty Steve, which I think what it called, I think the reason why they went with uh, Arkansas Dave instead of Dirty Dave, but it was already was Dirty Steve. Called, in the first it was one. already Dirty Steve. Yeah, yeah. So what, was was dirty, the, what was Steve's last name? It was Dirty Steve? Steve Dirt? Uh, Stevens? Steve Stevens? Dirty Steve Stevens? Dirty Steve Stevens. All right. It wasn't Steve Dirt either, okay? It's Joe Dirt. Don't be, yeah. don't be confusing the great movies. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yeah, so well, as far, well, let's do this as far as the movies go. Bam. Yeah. So from so first, here we go in our first movie here, The Young Guns, what, chapter one. From left yeah. to right, you'll have Dirty Steve Stevens. Uh, next in line, you'll have Mr. Charlie Bowdry, the pugilist, who we were just speaking of. Uh, then we got... Uh, we got Billy the Kid himself right there, Mr. Emilio Estevez. Then Emilio! Emilio! Then uh, Lou Diamond Phillips played uh, my probably, honestly, my second favorite character. I don't know. It's a toss-up between Chavez, Chavez, and, and Charlie. I like Charlie a lot, too, but Chavez was the man. So you got Chavez E. Chavez there. They're all fun characters, though, really. Absolutely, really. absolutely. Then you got Emilio's real-life brother playing uh, Mr. Dick. <laughs> Mr. Richard Brewer, but they call him Dick in the show. And then, of course, you got Doc Skurlock right there. Uh, Mr. Sutherland. Keeper Sutherland. Then we got in the, over here in Young Guns 2, of course, we got Doc in the top. We've got, uh, what did we say, Alabama, Arkansas Dave. Down Arkansas here, which, Dave Rudabaugh. Yeah, Arkansas Dave Rudabaugh. That, that's uh, Christian Slater. And then we got Chavez again. And then I can't tell on either side of Billy there. Is that? I don't believe either one of them. On either side of Billy, that's uh, the cousins. That's the cousins. No, they're not. They're not cousins. One on the one on the left is one that called himself Henry William French. He okay. said that uh, John Chisholm took his ranch like he took other people's ranch. So he that's he had nothing right. left, nothing left to fight for. And on the right yeah. is Balthazar Getty. Balthazar. Getty. He was the yeah, kid from they, Pennsylvania that wanted to ride with Billy. He said he wants to ride yeah, the trail. The young cat. Yeah. 
the young cat. That's right. Yeah. 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 So the other dude too, Billy gave him a name is Buckshot. That was a real part, poignant part of that movie. I felt like he told him his name was Buckshot Bill. And he's like, no, no, my name, yeah. <laughs> you know, my name is uh, I, Henry William French. Yeah, no, I, yeah. It's going to be my name right here. My name's yeah. what, what it is. Yeah, well, that's, so, that's a good I, name too. That's a good name too. Yeah. That was, a, yeah, that's, that's a pretty heavy part of the movie. So since we showed that, we'll go ahead and pull up a really neat photo that we found. Uh, and here is. I love this picture. I, I, I love this one too. I'm, I might I, have, to look, have this one framed on the house. I, I don't talk about this a lot with a lot of people. I got certain friends that we that I've talked with about this stuff, you know, for a long time. And I, I, I love uh, in the last in the last ten years or so, I've developed a, a pretty good love for the old west stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing for the, I mean, to bring a real life picture to the screen for the regulators. From the yeah. love young guns, this is awesome. And, and the thing is, with the real deal, with the regulators, there was not six like you see in the in in the movie. There right. was actually eleven or twelve regulators that they had that were regular regulators, and one of them is missing, or two of them actually. Dirty two Steve's not in here, yeah, Dirty Steve. and the other co cousin, George Co, was the second on top from the left, uh-huh. and yeah. he had a cousin that's not on this picture. Correct. And there were more. Yeah. There were even more than that as well. Afterwards, uh, we got another alleged photo of the regulators here picture taken in Pecos, Texas in 1880. That was approximately a hundred years before I was born in the old town banks of the Pecos river standing left or right. Allegedly is Jim Markham, Charles Dixon, Bowers, uh, Charlie, no, yeah, Bowers, sorry, not Charlie Bowdry. Um, an unidentified man, Billy the kid, uh, Jesse Evans, Luke Short, and sitting is unidentified, and John Ables or Ables. Looks like Ables to me. Completely Ables. So, yeah. Um, and then one more that I found. So, this one, uh, Chris and I believe that the far left would be Bowdry. And then, well, we think, yeah, we think it's Bowdry. Yeah, we think it, it, is. it has a little resemblance to him, but it's not, yeah. it's not acknowledged in the in the picture of who's right. Who Actually, there's only two that are acknowledged and it's, they think that second from left or second to the right, you know, if you're reading the, like a book left to right. So the second person in the photo would be Billy the kid. And then on the far right would have been Pat Garrett. Yeah. Who was very instrumental to the story, which I believe that would be Pat Garrett because we have a photo of Pat here too. There's Pat. Yeah. yeah. So, it looks so that, that was the real Pat Garrett. And uh, we got the, the retouched photo of what Billy the Kid looked like, so they would take him. Now, and I would that right there, Travis. That right there is some. It's awesome they can do that. If you notice, yeah. In the in the now, he was right-handed. Billy the mm-hmm. Kid was. He wasn't left-handed. They said some pictures depicted him as being left-handed because when they made those pictures at the time, it reversed the photo image. Right. Yeah, you know, yes, like 100%. we can do, like, like we can do today on ours if we're editing pictures and everything. Back uh-huh. then, when they took it, it automatically reversed it. To me, it is it is just very awesome that you can take a picture that old and clean it up so well, make it look right to where it looks more like a person that you. Because when you look at the when you look at the left picture, it just looks so out of whack that you're like, man, that could be. He's one goofy looking guy. It looks like it, he's right. almost. Is that Billy the Kid or is that Sloth from the Goonies? Yeah, or you know, Hills Have Eyes, and that's sort of that's one of the things as I was about to touch on too. You know, with with uh, the digitizing and digital technology that we have too, especially with me coming from having some background in uh, in photography, 
and doing restorations on some older photo, older photos, I would say that it's extremely accurate, the cleaned up photo of how it looked too. That's what I was yeah. going to touch on too. You know, you look at it, like you said over there and it's, you know, Hey, you guys, versus, <laughs> you know, and his description was for the time he was a, he was a handsome young man. He was a ladies man. You know, that was a, that was a, an ongoing description and, of Billy the Kid back then. Right. So you that photo and it's like, what, like, what was they looking and, at? And I said I wasn't going to bring this up, but I, I guess I lied. I'm gonna, I, this is unofficial what I'm about to say because I can't remember if it was this or if it was something else. I thought I read somewhere when they talked about Billy the Kid being like a ladies' man and all with his looks and everything. That I thought they said he had a thing going on with John Chisholm's daughter. Uh-huh. Uh, that uh, There was a picture I'd seen where Charlie Bowdry was off on the right of the picture. The daughter, uh, did I say her name was Lizzie or Lily? or Lizzie, Lily? I believe. Yeah, one Lily, the, it was one of those. those lines. She was standing up on a porch, and there was somebody who was somebody who was believed to be Billy the Kid in the mm-hmm. picture, but they couldn't mm-hmm. swear because the picture was a uh, kind of a distant picture. It wasn't close up or anything, so he had the appearances of Billy the Kid, but they could not swear to it because the face was kind of turned away a little bit. Right. And for um, those of you listening on the podcast that can't see these photos, I'm just going to encourage you to go over to YouTube and check them out. Um, the, the one that we're oogling over at the moment, uh, the Billy, the kid one is the one where he's standing there with his, his, I imagine it's a rifle. Uh, yeah. one of the, they claim it's one of the very few photos ever taken by Billy, uh, taken of Billy, the kid, cause he wouldn't pose for him. But one of the things that I love about it, you can't see it going back to that, how wonky it looks in the original photo. Cause this is a tin photo. This is a, this is a flash burnt onto metal is the way mm-hmm. that the original photo is made. And then when it digitized and pulled up, especially after watching uh, the young guns so many times and the the little nuances of the personality that Emilio brings into Billy the Kid and the way that Billy was described, it's almost like you can see that kind of smirk on his face that, you know what I mean? That yeah. he's got this look on his face in the in the enhanced photo that's like, yeah, I'm I'm it, I'm it. Yeah, I'm Billy the Kid. I'm Billy the Kid, and you can't see that in the old one, so it's kind of kind of gives no. you like a glimpse into his personality, I think. Yeah, yeah, and then to kind of move on from there, you know, when it comes to you know, back to the movie, at least anyway, that is. Yes, yes. Um, so back to the movie, we get to where uh, you get a a showdown scene between Murphy and his men, and he brings Sheriff Brady with him, which he has per- pretty much bought and pocketed as a his own personal sheriff. Mm-hmm. And they come out to the Tunstall Ranch, and they're accusing them of taking, uh, I think, some of their cattle or horses or one of the two. Yeah. Was. yeah. Uh, and which, of course, Tunstall retorts back to him. He's always going to blame me for something. You know, my guys have not done anything. You know, these are fine young men that I've I'm taught that taken in to teach, and and things go from there. Well, as they leave later on the night, we get to the dinner that they're having. Uh, first dinner, I guess. Billy's with them there. And the guys who have been—I made sure I said hacking on him because it's one of the funniest scenes in the movie to me. Yeah, uh, Charlie and uh, Dirty Steve uh, were cracking jokes on him. And uh, what was the line, Travis? About Tussle, uh, Tussle at, said, at, at the dinner table, he said something at the dinner table about being good with pigs anyway, or something like that. Yeah, Tunstall called him down, and uh, Tunstall Tunstall asked Billy if he he'd ever worked any cattle before. And Billy yeah. said, "Yeah." He said, "Yeah, I worked out on so and so's place." He said, "I'm pretty handy with the cattle." And uh, I believe it was, I believe it was Charlie. No, Charlie, it was Charlie. Charlie, Charlie whispered to Steve. Charlie whispered to Steve. Yeah, which got him laughing. laughing. 
And then Tunstall told him, he's like, hey, you know, not at the dinner table. He said, apologize. So he, he apologized. He said, we're sorry, Billy. Or he said, apologize. He said, I'm sorry, John. I, I just found it funny. He said, and to Billy. He said, I'm sorry, Billy. We just hacking on you. And Dirty Steve's like, yeah, yeah, we just hacking on you, Billy. And then they kind of kind of cut off not? right there. Dick goes, well, Dick said, I heard I you killed him. Was it Dick or Doc? And I believe it was Dick. Goes, I heard you killed a man, Billy. What? He's like, yeah. He said, what'd you do that for? He looked straight at uh, Charlie and Dirty Steve. He goes, he was hacking on me. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of gulped real big. And yeah, kind of like, grinned. Oh. <laughs> Chavez, Chavez, Chavez grinned. And yeah, it was, that was awesome. It, it, it was a funny moment in the movie, to say the least, no doubt. Uh, basically, this just – it. The next few minutes of the film is just showing the the, the, the guys coming together better as friends and Tunstall yeah. taking Billy to town, getting him dressed up in something nice mm-hmm. where he's not just running around in the same old dirty clothes all the time, showing him that it's okay to dress up and be a man, not just with the guns and everything. And uh, New Year's is coming up. They go to a New Year's Eve deal, New Year's Eve party. Uh, where you see Doc getting to meet this woman in there, and, and I don't know if this had any reality to it. In the you might have may or may not have seen this, Travis, in the reality of the wars and everything. But he meets meets this girl in there that he calls a China doll. Right. Her uh, what was her actual name in the movie? Uh, Yin. Yin. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out Murphy actually owns her. He is mm-hmm. taking possession of her from her family because the family who owns a laundry messed up some of his clothes. So he took ownership of the daughter as payment for his clothes, and he uses her as house entertainment for, you know, I guess himself and his friends at his at his establishment he runs. Uh, but uh, Doc learns this later. Being anyway, he meets her for the first time there. They get to dance a little bit. Uh, he comes and takes her away from him when he realizes he's one of Tunstall's guys and everything. Uh, they go, and they leave, and they're headed way back, and... The regulators take off running up to the front while riding off on the horses up front, shooting guns in the air. Billy hangs back, looks at Tom, so he says, boys will be boys, Billy, go have fun. So he takes off down there, shooting his gun and yelling. And just as he gets down the hill a little ways, he looks around, and he sees that Murphy and his men have come up on the wagon. And uh, Tunstall knows this is it for him. He goes to stand up like he's going he's gonna to die on his, two, on, on his own two feet, I guess, versus sitting in the wagon. But he gets up, and just as he gets up, he gets bombarded with bullets, and they kill him. And the regulators all see this, and they they take off because they're outnumbered. And when this happens, they're going to get their revenge. So they go off and um, end up getting deputized, actually, because uh, they go to a, a lawyer first. This is where McSwain comes in. Mm-hmm. He's a lawyer who's a friend with John Tunstall, and right. uh, he wanted to get uh, justice as well, but he wanted justice the right way, which was bringing him into the law and have the law handle him. So he gets somebody to deputize the regulators to go serve warrants to bring in uh, all of these guys that they remember seeing that was there as a part of Murphy's men that did the killing. And it just kind of escalates from there. Now, in, in the real-life deal, uh, Travis, do you recall the so, deputizing of the men, how that went? Was it as compared yes. to... Compared to the movie itself, do you recall how that bit went? Um, it was a lot less dramatic, really. Um, but I've, I just found, too, um, some really cool things about Doc Scurlock. Um, Doc did – he didn't – I don't think the, the, the stuff with with Yen with went the way that it went in the movie, but he did, like, move back east and 
start thinking. But prior to becoming a uh, a regulator, how about this? Another name that we know. Um, oh, let me find it again. So the name Doc, the, the nickname arose because he was studied medicine in Louisiana and he drifted into Mexico, <clears throat> possibly to help fight a yellow fever outbreak there. And a man across the table drew a pistol and shot first. The bullet hit Doc's front teeth, go, went through to come out the back of his neck. So apart from losing two teeth without the benefit of a dentist and gaining a neck wound that would have to heal, he suffered no lasting harm. So he didn't even fall down when he was shot. He pulled his own pistol and shot the other fellow dead. So Doc was a Doc was a little bit of a BA, but this is the part that I found that was really cool. He went into business with a man named Charlie Bowdry running a cheese making factory on the Gila yeah. River. And yeah, they really worked with him at one point. Yeah, and it was thought that one of their employees briefly was young Henry McCarty, later known as Billy the Kid. Right. And when that didn't pan out as a long-term career, they went to work uh, in Lincoln County for John Tunstall. So yeah. that would have been the true story of, of Doc. So yeah, that, and that's it's also, neat. you'll find in the true story, a lot of them worked together with each other before they were regulators. The yeah. They worked on different ranches as well together as ranch hands, right. working with cattle and everything else. So it wasn't the first time that they had been together working with each other in any way, and they knew each other, quite a few of them did, maybe not real well, but at least knew each other before all this went down and happened. So it would be kind of like saying if you were watching, um, oh, let, let's go with a TV series, Little House on the Prairie, because it's back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. Set back in the in, in an older time frame. Uh, the whole town may know each other, but not know each other well. But then later on, something comes up where it brings them closer together with someone new in the town or old in the town that they weren't real good friends with. And now they know each other well. Same difference in this. They knew each other because they were in the same area, same place, same business. Right. mostly. But they weren't real good, close friends. When they became regulators, however, That's this is where you first see in the talk about being pals. pals or being, you know, like brothers in a sense or being pals. Yeah. But uh, yeah, going back to what you really said too, the, with them with them being deputized and everything, the, the deputization came from the fact that they weren't going to stop; they were going to go serve justice no matter what, anyway. So, right. uh, deputy a constable Martinez and um, the Lincoln County Justice of the Peace—I don't have his name here in front of me—they went ahead and said, "Okay, well then we're going to deputize these boys, and they're going to serve." legally issued warrants to which Sheriff Brady in real life actually arrested and jailed Martinez and the regulators, uh, which they got released, of course, and then went on the, they, they attempted to serve the paperwork in a legal manner, you know, <laughs> but uh, you know how the old West was, the wild, wild West. Anyway, they weren't right. having none of that. And back so, forward, just to give you guys a time frame of this, this is 1878. Mm-hmm. I believe it is. Uh, February 18th, 1878, it says members of Sheriff Brady's posse caught up with Tunstall while he and the ranch hands were herding his last nine horses back to Lincoln. Yep. So in the movie, they were leaving a New Year's Eve party. Mm-hmm. In real life, they were just doing ranch work, regular yeah. everyday stuff. Yeah. Uh, Brady's posse pulled their weapons on Tunstall and murdered him while his farm hands witnessed it. Um, the farm hands were Dick Brewer, John Middleton, Henry Newton, Brown, uh, Robert A. Whitman, Frank Waite, I'm sorry, Fred, Fred Waite, yeah, Fred. and the notorious Billy the Kid. So, uh, Jesse Evans, one of Murphy's men, was a culprit in the shooting. It says the murder catalyzed the Lincoln County War, that it would even become a national issue. 
Right. So something as simple as just this. All it was was two ranches competing real life for the business and everything. And Mm -hmm. you don't want someone stepping on your toes in a business you're wanting to monopolize and control. Right. So they take the guy out and these people see it. And I guess they just didn't realize, you know, how how close I guess people have become and how serious it was to the ones that witnessed the killing. Right. Uh, were, well, that's were... the thing too, with him being so well liked with Tunstall being so well liked, it wasn't just the can it, 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 the history says that, well, many reports from history said that it was his cow hands and other local citizens formed the group right. on as a regulator. So it wasn't just the people that was working for him. It was some of the folks that just, that liked him or yeah, it, at the very rather have, you know, at the very least they would, maybe they like dealing with him better than they did Murphy. Could be, it could be, it could be. He was so well liked and easy to get along with that the people in town even wanted justice for it. Even yeah. if it meant they were going to go string somebody up without the law, you know, mm-hmm. taking place in it. Uh, you had my lynch mob for somebody or something that uh, those are pretty thing, popular things back in the day, getting a lynch mob together. Uh, to go catch somebody who's wanted and just bring them up oh, from yeah. the tree and oh, dish yeah. out their own form of justice and everything. No doubt. What else does it say here? Uh, Tunstall being a well-liked man, his cow hands and other local citizens formed a group called the Regulators to bring justice to murder. However, since New Mexico was still a territory, the entire criminal justice system was controlled by allies of Murphy and Dolan, who were the men responsible for Tunstall's death. Now, Dolan was a partner to uh, Murphy. Yeah. Murphy actually did not have a lot to do with the real life deal of this. In the movie, mm-hmm. he was there till practically the end of the first movie, right? Yeah, um, and Billy Reap the whirlwind, Murphy. Right, but in real life, Murphy was a sick man, and he didn't make yeah. it to what happened. What you see that happened in the movies, and Dolan was the one who was in control of most everything at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this says this did not deter the regulators, who were made up of many men at different times, but held the same core. That core was Billy the Kid, Dick Brewer, uh, Frank McNabb, Doc Skurlock, Jim French, which is kind of funny because you got William Henry French in the second movie. So I right. guess it's a play, I guess it's a play off of that name. Uh, John Middleton, George Coe, Frank Coe, Jose Chavez, Chavez, Charlie Bowdry, Tom O'Folliard, Fred Waite, and Henry Newton Brown. Those are your regular full time, well, regular, regular full time regulators, right? Uh, for that, so. Um, I guess it's kind of hard to take a movie and say you're going to have 11 or 12 men at one point and call them your regulators and focus on it versus the six. It's a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. You get the brat pack, get get some backpack members together and, you know, get you some flashy one, some catchy one liners and some flashy gunplay and you got yourself an entertaining movie there. Yeah. Now, you also had something real life happen as well. In the movie, we have a a guy named McCloskey that comes over. Mm hmm. Uh, that wants to uh, work on the Tunstall Ranch. He used to work for Murphy, but him and Murphy got into it. He said he called him a he name. Called him a he fat him sow. He said he yeah. called him a fat sow. A fat sow. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Pretty much as goofy sounding as that was. Fat uh-huh. And uh, so, so he, he brings him on in and takes him in, puts trust in him to come work with him on his group in the movie. And uh, they end up having a thing where, you know, Billy the Kid thinks he has been lying the whole time, and they and he actually kills him. You know, he doesn't trust him, and he, and he puts a bullet in his head, more or less. Now, uh, the whole thing with McCloskey actually happened in real life, too. It says on March 9th, 1978, the third day of the journey back to Lincoln, the regulators killed McCloskey. Um, actually, more than McCloskey. McCloskey, Morton, and Baker, and the captain 
the the Capitan Foothills around Blackwater Creek. It was called the Blackwater Creek Massacre, mm-hmm. or the Blackwater Massacre. I'm sorry, Blackwater Massacre. Call it call it correctly there. Uh, when they when they actually uh, killed them and the two prisoners, uh, I believe the um, you know the two prisoners being Morton and Baker, and then of course that they were going to take them in. These were two of the people that Billy the Kid didn't just kill off the bat. Best I remember reading. Uh, some of the others talked him into just taking them in like they were supposed to. Right. Uh, some of them wasn't for that though. Some of them sided with Billy the Kid and wanted to just kill all of them. But they were going to take these in, and as yeah. it ended up, they killed them anyway. Dirty Steve. Dirty Steve was ready to kill him. He said, "What's you What say we just take him on up here and shoot him in and put a bullet in their head?" Dirty Steve was like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely ready to go with that. Uh, in the movie, it's kind of a uh, dramatic scene there because Dick is wanting him to lay off because he's like, he's one of us. He became uh-huh. one of us. What are you doing? And you think uh, Billy the Kid's going to go ahead and, and, and call it quits. He, he apologizes to him, tells him he's sorry, and then he tells him he's sorry for not killing him a long time ago and puts a bullet in his head. Right. And that's all that. But Doc Scurlock takes his side and tells him he was acting kind of weird and strange. Yeah. He believed it was wrong, too. So now they got another person they've killed that's going to be causing uh murphy and his men to be coming out hard now that's what right. they did they're still and it, it's still, it keeps born. looking it keeps looking bad on their case too with them killing folks right so, they're right. just killing people and they're not taking them in like they're supposed to the, it's right. all legal with the warrants to bring them in for the right. crimes yeah. and they could have got them and taken them in and had them locked up the question is which with, with brady being the sheriff would they have True. been prosecuted in any way and i think in the back of their minds they're wondering probably real life yeah. Um, as far as this goes, how long, how can we trust Murphy to give justice when Murphy is in the pocket? I'm sorry, Brady to Brady. give justice when he's in the pocket of Murphy. Right. You can't. And you know, it, you're not going to get not it. Withstand, so. And then that that notwithstanding, you know, in, in real life, in uh, let's see, 1878 in September, uh, Rutherford B. Hayes removed the current corrupt governor from New Mexico and put in. Uh, Lee, Lou Wallace, which probably yeah. wasn't any better. And <clears throat> the president uh, was talking about, well, Wallace thought he was calling for martial law in New Mexico. And the president advised the lawbreakers return to peace while they came to came together and decided that on November 13th in 1978, Wallace proclaimed an amnesty for all those involved in the Lincoln County War if they were not already under indictment. That didn't include Billy the Kid, but so anyone else involved had amnesty at that point from, from that point forward, if they provided they were not already under indictment, which I would imagine that means charges brought against them or I would imagine that means Murphy's men. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So, so here we are back at the movie again, they're deputized, right? Yeah. And they had to go out and uh, present, you know, warrants to the people. The very first one in the movie they they're supposed to give to, as at a house of the ladies, you might say. And um, <laughs> so Dick gets Billy to go in to hand him the warrant, apparently. So mm-hmm. uh, instead of giving him the warrant, he uh, actually hears the guys about to come outside and go, I guess, to the, well, what, I don't want to say it's the outhouse because it wasn't an outhouse, technically. But he Leave. follows in there and looks like when he goes in that Billy's in there using the restroom and Billy turns around and says something like "yoo or something like that, and you yeah. see him with a gun in his belly pointed at him, and he shoots him. He took him out right him. there. Boom. He starts a gunfight right then and there, um, which you know infuriates Dick because they're supposed to just be taking them in with the warrants, right. not killing people. Now they got more trouble coming their way because Billy brings more trouble by killing, according to the movie. Now, according exactly. to real life, they say, 
half the half the murders that they say Billy the Kid was accredited for was done by regulators and other people. Yeah, there wasn't even actually his kills. A lot of yeah, them. I was like in the second movie where he said, "What is that now? Twenty? <laughs> Five, Billy? Let's call it even ten. Well, no, that's like, no. Well, that that's in the first movie actually. Is that in the first one? Yeah, that's where they go that into the that end bar. Of the first one? That's the end of the, the first one. I not quite at the end. I don't think it's before they go back to. Um, it, it's definitely before. Well, I don't know. Hold on, was it? I know it wasn't the second one. I don't believe. Yeah. Man, you know what? At this point, at this point, oh, I can't remember. They go to they go to this bar together, don't they? because they they it feels like it does in a sense these days. They go to a bar. There's a guy there telling a woman, "This is the pistol that's going to kill Billy the Kid." He's a right. right, and so Billy the Kid walks up and says, "Well, what's this guy look like? In case I see him, you know, I, I'll let you know." He says, "Well, yeah. he's a handsome young man. They say he's a ladies' man, right-handed or yeah. something like that." Left-handed. Yeah, whistling sad tunes. That's and that's nothing with the left-handed bit. They they said it wrong. He wasn't left-handed. He was right-handed according to history. Right. That's one of the things they got wrong. Well, with the in movie. the movie too, though he in the movie he says I'm not left-handed. Yeah, yeah, in he does movie, actually. He, I says it. he said I'm not left-handed. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny. But um, whichever movie it was, and when he does this, you know, regardless. Uh, Great. He he said, "Can I touch it? Can I touch it?" He's like, so he hands it to him, and he's like. Looking at it, well, this ain't a revolver, but anyway, he opens it up and he like takes all the bullets out of it, closes it back up. And he's he's like, "All right, now, son, hand that back over here." Like stroke, stroke a weapon like that's like stroking a man's woman. So yeah. he hands and leaned up against the bar and started whistling. Like dude started pulling the trigger. Then he's like, "Oh, you know, I'm getting real tired of your lip." And he just started whistling more. Dude pulled the gun out, went to shoot. Ain't no bullets in it. He dang, I'm Carl Childers and. There weren't no bullets in it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so then when he capped, then he turned around and said, "How many is that? 20? And then Doc said, five, Billy." And he goes, "Let's make it 10. And Billy like, and then Doc like kind of nervously, you know, he goes, "Whatever you say, Billy." <laughs> sure thing. Why not? Yeah. Um, the thing I liked about the movies too, you had some people show up that, um, you know, they were big stars in their time and big stars in other places too. And uh, one of the first people that came for the people, the regulators, when it starts getting real for them, is uh, Buckshot Roberts. And he's yeah. played in a movie by, let's see, let me get the guy's name right here. Was it Brian Keith? Brian Keith. Keith. Brian yep. Keith. Well, okay, yep. so Brian, Brian Keith from Hardcastle McCormick fame and some other older older Westerns and everything, too. Um, in reality, when it was uh, the Buckshot Roberts, it was the Battle of Blazer's Mill, they called it. Mm-hmm. And Blazer's Mill was an important destination during the time because it was a trading post during the time they came upon the rancher Buckshot Roberts. Now he was listed on the, the warrant of a list of the men that was wanted, so they had to yeah. get that for him as well. But as it turns out, it didn't go down like it did in the movie. Go figure. The right. movie's still for entertainment purposes. In the movie, you got Buckshot Roberts gets into an outhouse to get away from. Him. He's shooting through the boards. Right. He actually clips uh, Doc with one shot and Chavez with another, I think. Yeah. Uh, not really wounded him bad, but just clips him with a, a bullet. Mm-hmm. And um, they think they've got him, and Dick goes out to go check and make sure he's dead and gets halfway up there, and he shoots Dick him right there in the open and kills him. Yeah. Then they just unload on the outhouse and kill him, Buckshot Robert. Which that part actually happened. He really did kill Dick. So Richard Brewer died yeah. with him, and then he also really wounded Middleton – 
uh, Skirt Doc, uh, Rich, uh, Gary, Richard or Gary Coe. Which Coe was it? He worried one of the Coe brothers. Yeah. Or cousins, McCarty, or cousins, cousins. I'm sorry, one of co-cousins, and he got McCarty too. So he like yeah. he was a handful for sure. <laughs> now, after the death of the hit, now, this is what we were talking about earlier. I was telling you there was actually three leaders of the regulators. There was Dick Brewer, right? Uh, yeah. After they Dick elected Frank died, McNabb. Yeah, went to Frank McNabb as their leader next. Mm-hmm. Um, April 29th, 1978, Sheriff Pippin led his posse that included Jesse Evans gang and the seven river warriors towards the regulators mm-hmm. when they arrived at a shootout between the two factions occurred now in the movie when they are in the house at the end at the, at the mcswain house they're tipped off by pat garrett that they're going to go kill the mcswains right and they think that was a lure to get them out in the open after all the stuff that they've done and we'll just skip ahead to this part right here for the sake of time and everything mm-hmm. uh this is the end of the movie the first one they've gone to get the two mcswains out and alex won't leave that's the lawyer he says he won't leave his house. He's not going to go somewhere and run. He's going to fight it the right way. And as it turns out, it was a trick to get them all there in the same place to take them all out at once. When the real life, the people I just mentioned earlier, the Seven Rivers Warriors and the Jesse Evans gang uh, and the Murphy men that's left over, it's them three groups that are outside the house there to take them out. And the boys well, were cattle thieves. The yeah. Jesse Evans gang, they were also known as the boys. They was uh they were cap they were cattle thieves themselves, known for cattle cattle rustling. That's what they was famous for. Yeah. Yeah. So this so, is still all within cattle. And in the movie, uh this is their dramatic end of the movie where you see them they, they lit the house on fire finally. They exchange a lot of gunshots, nothing happens, they light the house. Mm-hmm. Uh Chavez slips out the back, he's gone. Steve's looking for Chavez, he thinks he done left him and everything and give up on him. He starts cursing that. Um, they make a plan to get out without, I guess, before you know it, because they're tossing out since the house is on fire, all the belongings of the McSwains so that the wife has her stuff and they, they get it to where she can get out and they let her out. Right. Um, as they're letting her out, she runs across the road. They're dumping stuff out the top in the attic of the windows. And one of the things they dump out is a chest that comes rolling out. And as the chest comes rolling out, it lands perfectly on its, on its bottom side. And then you see Doc come running out with Dirty Steve from the top of the steps, shooting you know guns blazing as they come out for cover fire so they can start running. Then, out of nowhere, Billy pops up out of the chest. He was in the chest they had thrown out as a surprise to start, you know, shooting people. So he's taking And at the time, especially, like, even if you were to watch that now, that's an awesome part of the movie. But at the time yes. when that first came out, dude, yes. if you were in the theaters, it, it erupted. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, because I mean, you know, they portray that was an epic scene. They're portraying them as good guys, technically. I mean, and you know, whether they were good guys, bad guys, they were all bad, whatever the case may be. Right. This is how it was portrayed. You wanted something good to happen with it, so he comes out guns blazing. You know, left, right, left, right. He's taking people out. Then he takes a shot to the arm up there, mm-hmm. and uh, starts you know starts going down from that. Then you see Charlie, and Charlie's going at it with the guy he feared the most. Um, you kind of really like Charlie a lot at the end of it because you see he stands up for his friends. He's he's not going to let his friends down, let them go alone. He's not going to leave them behind. Right. Um, the guy that come in, um, oh, man, I wish I could think of his name. He just kept saying his name over and over again. Talking about how oh, my going. God. He was the one that was uh, – he was uh, he was the uh, the headhunter. The, um, Basically, yes. Yeah, um, I cannot remember uh, his name to save my life either, man. If you had asked me, I would come. I could have told you. 
I know. And then, but at the end of it, it's a, he's exchanging shots with him when they're out on in the open. And mm-hmm. uh, Charlie takes two or three shots, and you think he's done with, and out of nowhere, this is another one of them, yeah, moments. You know, he comes up with his gun, and it's just straight up pointed, and he gets the one guy, and he's dead too. So he right. may be. Charlie may have been killed, but he took out the one guy he feared the most. He stood up to it and everything. Yeah, that scene, too, was where we had uh, John Kenny. Was it John Kenny? John Kenny was the man's name. John Kenny. Uh, That was the scene, too, where we had uh, Tom. Come on. Everybody knows this, Tom. Y'all know how I am with names. Y'all been listening this long. Tom Cruise Cruise made a... um, Made a yes. cameo right there. As Actually, a fact, yeah. As a matter of fact, I believe he was Kenny. I, I'm not sure, but no, he wasn't. He, he, he wasn't John Kenny. No. Okay, I didn't think yeah. so, but I thought it might have been because when when Charlie's coming down the stairs, the first person that shows him shooting is the that was uh, Tom in in his little getup doing his cameo. Tom Cruise was in one of the shootouts in which his character was killed. The actor was on set accidentally and asked to be in the film because he'd never taken part in a Western movie, and he was really excited to try. Um, there's another little snippet down here. That's that's why he was in the movie. He had just you know basically showed up on scene one day, and he asked that he be a part of stuff. They gave him a job. <laughs> that as that cool? There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that do that though. They get job as extras, and they're uncredited, so you never know it. Yeah, or anything you know, but I'm looking. I'm scrolling down here right now to get you the other fact of who he was. And I'll tell you that in just a second. Well, while you're looking for that, while you're looking for that, I'm going to throw it out there too that the budget on this movie was 13 million dollars, and opening weekend was is what we would consider uh, not very good at seven million, but it ended up grossing worldwide $45,661,556, estimated, wow. of course, which is not too bad, I would say. I mean, so, that's more than double your money. So here we go. Tom Cruise, the fourth person shot when Charlie burst out of the house shooting. Cruise was on set one day, and the director thought it would be great to get him in the movie. He dressed Cruise as a soldier and filmed the climactic battle. He's one of the soldiers that got killed. Yeah. So if you go back and watch the movie, and as soon as Charlie comes out of the house, look for yep, the, fourth person, the fourth person to get shot. Look for that. Number and that's two. Tom Cruise. Randy Travis was in there as the guy operating the Gatling gun. Yeah. That killed, that, that, that killed uh, Alex McSwain and took him out. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of fun little facts about these, some funny things about the movie, fun facts about the movie. I'm not going to read them all to you because uh, I want to touch on the second movie a little bit as well here. Just but, but right. you know, we won't. We won't do the second movie very long, though. Because the second movie didn't have a lot to do with it. You know, know, and and I don't feel like it was significant either. No, it's really just because we wanted a sequel. It had nothing to do with Lincoln County Wars. Right. It's more or less less about Pat Garrett trailing Billy the Kid. Cashing in. They're trying to cash in on the success of the first one. It says here, at night when the actors would actually get together to play music, they would actually get together to play music and sing. The actors would, to pass time away. When they were drunk, they'd make Lou Diamond Phillips sing La Bamba because he played Richie Valens. I, I thought that was Bamba. hilarious. Uh, another funny thing about the group is that, um, well, actually, we'll take t- this right here. Uh, it says, like virtually all movies, but this is not the funny thing I'm getting to, by the way, but like virtually all movies about events surrounding Lincoln County War, John Tunstall is depicted as an older, sophisticated man. Tunstall was 24 when he was murdered. 
younger than most of the regulators. Josiah Doc Skurlock was 31 at the time of Tunstall's murder, and Richard Dick Brewer was 27. Only 20-year-old Billy the Kid was younger. And that's all. And that is that's the actual age of these people when all this happened. What were you right. doing when you were 20 years old, when you were 24 years old? I mean, you were yeah. out playing, having fun with your friends and everything. Sure, I wasn't running no cattle ranch. It just goes to show you, just goes to show you how times have changed and everything. Uh, but the other funny thing on set, Emilio Estevez was very depressed throughout the shoot because he'd recently broken up with his girlfriend. So one night, Lou Diamond Phillips decided to play a prank on him, and in an effort to cheer him up, Phillips had the wardrobe department put makeup on a sheep in the dress and put it in Emilio Estevez's room. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. So, I mean, that's just, I wonder what the look on his face was like when you seen that actually. Right, there's some crazy stuff, and you got those guys, um, man. You got you got old school members of the Brat Pack and people that come up together right there too. You know, all every every cast member of the Young Gun, they've been doing movies together since they were kids too. Like, yeah, and, and so you had a couple guys of, all know uh, each other. You had a couple of second generation people in this too. You had John, I think John Wayne's son played a, a small part in the movie. Yes, Pat Garrett, uh, uh, Patrick Wayne came through and played right. Pat Garrett. When he uh, sees Billy the Kid for the first time, introduced himself. That's the John Wayne son. Then you got Jack Palance's son, Cody Palance, is in there as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, in the scene where they were doing peyote, it was actually cream and mushroom soup. Mm-hmm. Well, people actually asked, were they actually doing that? I don't know why you would ask a question like that. I don't think they're going to be doing real drugs or anything in the movie. Right. And uh, if they were, they're not going to tell you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> this is the cast. The cast used to make fun of Charlie Sheen all the time because of how he said Billy. Yeah, Billy. Look, Billy. 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 I want to say at some point here, Billy. I've seen. Yeah, I can hear that's so funny, too. He'd be like, I know. He'd be like, God, Billy. <laughs> now you can't stop saying it now. You, you, you keep hearing it in your head. I do. Um, in, 20, in 2016, this is the last thing I'm going to say about this movie. All in right. 2016, a meet and greet interview with Lou Diamond Phillips, he revealed that Sean Penn was originally offered the role of Billy the Kid. And Patrick Swayze was offered the role of Dick Brewer. Due to legal troubles at the time, Penn was not able to accept the role, and Swayze was not interested to do another ensemble movie as he'd done movies with the Brat Pack before in the past. He was trying to move forward to different things. Yeah, uh, that's so, just as good, just as well, just as well. I don't want to see Sean Penn as Bella. Yeah, and 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 as far as the real life goes, so we can go ahead and cap up the first movie. Uh, versus the real life deal, uh, a lot of the people that died at the end, uh, Dirty Steve, for example, Dirty Steve did not get killed uh, at all during right. the Lincoln County Wars. He moved on to, I think it was Colorado somewhere, I believe, yeah, where no one knows what happened to him. They don't even know right. where the man's buried at. So right. he could have taken a different name to get away from people yeah. and die with that alias name or Sterlock. anything. Doc Sterlock uh, ended up Sterlock, not dying, uh, which Sterlock he didn't die in the first died. movie anyway, but he didn't die no. either. And it, it shows he, he died, but he didn't die. Period, because he died of old age. He died of a heart attack when he was much older. But Keeper Sutherland wanted out of the role. He wanted. He was done with it. He wanted out of it. He demanded to be written out. Kill my character, and for whatever yeah. reason, for whatever which, reason, which, I don't know. Which, but I do seemed, know that that stupid. There wasn't going to be a third one anyway. So why bother right. with it at that point? Yeah. That was stupid and to see, they had him. They had a more fleshed out ending for him, but I guess he was just done with it. So, yeah, and, and that actually leads up to one of the one of the good uh, quotes uh, that the, to jump ahead toward the end of the. Well, actually, before I get there, just a, just a quick thing: Young Guns Two. Basically, Young Guns Two. You pick up a couple of new people. You got um, uh, uh, William Henry French called himself. You got Balthazar Getty playing. Uh, 
Oh, they Tom just O'Foli- Tom O'Foliard. That wasn't his name. Was that his name in the movie in part yeah, two? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was Tom. Tom Foliard. Tom O'Foliard. I didn't realize that. Okay, well, that's an, another yeah. play of the regular names. Balthazar um, Getty, and then you yeah, have Vigo Mortison is uh, John Poe, which I thought because he I was. Love, I love Vigo. But well, he was one of the guys who was helping to train to track Billy to get down. It was right, he was like kid. the right hand man of uh, Governor Wallace or whatever, or right. whoever whoever oh. offered the five hundred. Yeah, that was Wallace. He offered the five hundred dollar bounty. Wallace and Chisholm both. Yeah, it was Chisholm who offered the money. That's because what, what it he was. did to him. Because what he did to him. Yeah, and that was oh, uh, James Coburn. That was the great James Coburn. Exactly. So just to, to wrap the movie up, you got the, the two additional ones there. Uh, Chavez and Doc get brought back in the deal where they bring back the Lincoln County uh, where people are going to try them now. They bring them back from across the states. Mm-hmm. Uh, they rescue them. He'd been riding with Pat Garrett and Arkansas Dave Rudabaugh for a while, Billy Head. Right. And uh, they research, getting, We have found out that him riding with Pat is completely untrue. They knew each other, but they weren't friends. Right. They didn't ride together or anything like that. Right, they were just friendly a little bit, just acquaintances at best, probably. Truth yes. be known. Yes. Uh, Arkansas Dave was actually called Dirty Dave Rudabaugh, but we're assuming that since they had Dirty Steve in the first one, they didn't want to reuse the name in the second one, so they gave yeah. him Arkansas Dave Rudabaugh. Makes sense. Uh, fl- uh, just go ahead and uh, flash forward to the end of the movie. Well, a, a little bit, actually, a small jump to it where they go to James Coburn's character Chisholm, mm-hmm. uh, John Chisholm's ranch, and they're trying to get some money from him to get to where they're going to go. And Chisholm don't want to give him any money, even though he sided with Tunstall during that the whole thing that happened. He didn't want to give anything up to him. And right. he'd been taking people's farms from him and everything, too, for a while. So Billy tells him he's going to take off $5 for every man of his he kills, which ends up he kills two of them. Not himself. He gets uh, David yeah. to kill one. I did, Dawkins up killing the other one because Henry Weaver French can't get his gun out of the hole. This such a great. Hold on, we've done. I know we. I know we're getting close to the end, and we want to. And this movie's not a, nearly as good. But that part was amazing. Where he goes, he Billy takes his stuff. Billy Billy takes his belt off and lays it on the ground. He said, "All right, now if you can get to your gun before I can get to mine." He goes, "You ready?" And they're like, the the Mexican guy, he's got his hat pulled down. He goes, "Yeah, I ready." And Billy don't move. He just goes, "Dave." <laughs> Boom! Yeah. The rifle. Yeah. <laughs> Chisholm, my belly, you son of a bitch. <laughs> All done with. All done with. Yeah, so great. at this point, when they kill the second one, when Doc kills the second one, he tells them, You just signed your death warrants right there. So they take right. off and leave. And uh, so they bring in Pat Garrett, who'd been riding with him, who stopped riding with him to open a restaurant, he said. Yeah. So um, he, he, he they offer him 500 up front and 500 in the end. When he catches him, it's a thousand dollars at that time, thousand dollars in the old west, man. That's like I actually looked up the exchange and inflation rate as I was re watching that movie last weekend, and they offered him twenty thousand one hundred and forty dollars in today's money. Wow, if you think about that, that's really not that much. It's not that much, dude. Because I was like, Oh, he's gonna make him a rich man. I was like, Wow, the exchange rate is twenty grand. Uh-huh. You know, and I'm like, dude. You would but, think back then that as, as you know, with how it goes now, that would be worth a lot more than just twenty thousand. Yeah, you would think yeah. that. But at the same time, so there's a couple things that I can throw out there too. At the same time, people kill people on the streets these days for five grand. So well, that's true know, too. Them, but you know, 
they kill him over a pair of shoes these days. But at the anyway, same time, not only would he get that money, he'd be the one. He'd have the notoriety. He's the guy that got Billy right, the kid. Right, and and not only that, I, I actually my grandfather at my grandfather's house. I love looking at this thing. There is a 1901 Sears and Roebuck catalog, which wouldn't be too far off of this timeline. Yeah. And you can buy in that book. You could buy the plans and the lumber to build a two-story home that would cost you probably half a million dollars these days for $361. That's crazy. You know, you could buy horses through Sears and Roebuck and a horse that costs you like 10 bucks, 20, 30 bucks, you know, where a horse nowadays, like champion bloodline, you know, they're paying 20, 30, 40, 50,000, sometimes half a million dollars for a horse, you know? Yeah. That's crazy stuff. So, I mean, when we really do think about it, the dollar, even though the exchange rate doesn't seem like it's that much, it probably in reality, for what you would get for your dollar back then, it probably really was a lot more than. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, all right. That's cool then. So yeah, back to, so, yeah. So back to the end of the movie then. I mean, like you mentioned earlier uh, about people not dying. Uh, they're huddled up in this small, uh, will be the equivalent of a shack. It's, it's a, little, a little adobe shack of some kind, you know, yeah. that they're in talking. And. It gives you one of the better quotes from one of the both of uh, both of the movies mm-hmm. and Doc getting mad and pulling the rifle and pointing it right at Billy's face right between his eyes. And he says, Billy, you are not a God. Yeah. And he says, well, don't you pull the trigger and find out? Yeah. And you're like, Oh, it's like when you see the movie at first, you get a chill go up your back with that one. Like, Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Well, he just, he just dared him right there. You know, put a bullet right there. Let's see. Yeah. If I still, let's see. If I still the the so other Doc funny is- thing about that moment too, though, is because the entire movie and a little bit of the first one, <laughs> Billy's always talking about how much Doc loves him, and every time he shows yeah. Doc, he's like, "I hate that guy." Yeah, like, I can't stand. I really this hate this kid. I, I can't stand. Yeah. I just want to get away from him. They even start that. Yeah. They started that in the first one too. I think he was with Yun, and he was telling yes. him. He was telling Yen, "I hate him." Like, yeah. <laughs> when it goes from scene to scene, you got you got Doc hadn't come back yet, and they're like, "Wonder what's taking Doc so long?" And they're like, yeah. "I bet he been skinned out and took off." And yeah, he was like, no, man. He goes, he loves me. Doc loves me. He loves me." <laughs> Then he goes to him telling Yen, I can't stand the guy. All yeah, right. He's yeah. doing all this stuff. He's going to get us killed. I mean, and then the second one, he's telling everybody, I hate that. Him and uh, who they were sitting in a hot spring. It was him and him and somebody who had just got shot. No, the hot they spring was, was I, I thought the hot spring was the first one where they've been riding. It, may have been the the person, I, it was because it was him and I, I keep seeing Dirty Steve. It was Dirty Steve. Yeah, that's the him first Dirty one. Steve, that's, yeah, he's like, yeah. He told him then. He said, Man, I hate him. He said, he said <laughs> I really hate him. <laughs> so like we said, he he storms out of the building when he, he can't pull the trigger on him. He walks out of the building. As soon as he hits the door, a gunshot goes off and Doc is shot. Yeah. And he falls back into the building. And now you know. Um, what, and it was Pat that did it, I think, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, because he, he gave away their, their no, uh, their, it was uh, it was Vigo Mortensen. No, I remember yeah, that. Vigo Mortensen, yeah, Vigo Mortensen, because Pat him, What are you yeah, doing? Yeah. What are you doing? You know, that's yeah. right. Because he didn't want to kill any of them. He wanted to bring them in. Right. Yeah. He was um, going to try. He was still thinking they might get a fair trial, and so he was wanting to bring them on. Yeah, in. bring them in. So he then at the, at this point, you know, Billy had told Doc this thing, this story, but. This uh, this this uh, old parable or something about a Chinese man and something about how he's going to finish the game. And he says, "Doc, yeah, I will finish that's the what game." Turns, that's what Turnstile so, told him. Right, see, story that Turnstile had told him in the past. Yeah. So the uh, Doc looks at Billy as they're fretting about what well, he's just getting shot and what happened. He said, "Billy, he goes, let's finish the game." 
Yeah. So Billy's like, this is our moment. I just got like, cold chills, yeah. man. I remember that scene. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's, it it's, it's, it's bad enough that the first thing brought a chill down your spine. Billy says, "Once you pull the trigger and find yeah. out." When Doc yeah. shuts him off and says, "Let's finish the game," and you see Billy just looking at him with that that stare at hands in the pistol. We're mm-hmm. we're gonna do this, Doc. This is our last stand. It's our last stand. And they start going out. Doc runs out, guns. He knows he's dead anyway. He goes out, guns blazing for the rest of the guys, trying to draw off the fire and everything. And you see Henry William French and Chavez take off out the back and Dave out the back. Um, Billy falls down and can't get out and gets pinned in still. Yeah. And uh, Doc is dead now. The rest of them are taken off. You see the rest of them escape, but Billy gets caught up and they take him in for trial. And the second best quote from the movie is right there when he takes him into town uh, before he gets away and gets back to the place where um, – you know, Chavez is and everything. When he finds out Chavez is pretty much dead at this point, too, he took a, a shot back there that killed him that didn't kill him at that time, but it caught up with him. But the next best quote of the movie, before he gets away, he takes the shotgun that the guy that was watching him with that tells him he's got 18 dimes. All right. He's got 18 dimes. He got 90 cents in each barrel or something like that. He goes, It's a dollar. He's, you ever seen what a buck 80 can do to somebody, kid? Yeah. And uh, as it's over with, he takes that gun away from the other guy. Yeah, best dollar thirty-five I ever spent. No, 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 dollar eighty. Dollar eighty. He's got eighteen, I ever 18 dimes. He said nine That's in each one. Yeah. And he busts open the window and he yells at him. He goes, "Hey, whatever his name was." He looks in the guy like, "Oh crap!" Yeah. And he goes, "He goes, best buck eighty I ever spent." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That, that comes off the heels too of in the first movie. He's like, I forget the guy's name, but he's like, Is that so and so down there with you? He's like, Yeah, he's down oh, here. It's Pippin. He goes, Pippin. Hey, Pippin. Yeah. I, see you got, you? I see you got Charlie so and so with you. He goes, Yeah, yeah I got him, kid. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey <yeah>. Pippin. <laughs> yeah. He ain't with you no more. Uh, so basically, to the end here, uh, in the movie, uh, Pat Garrett has caught up with Billy the Kid. Billy turns his back to him, says there's nothing he wouldn't do for a friend. Let me make this easy for you. And he turns his back to him or whatever. Uh, you don't see him actually shoot him. You hear a gunshot go off. You see something break in the distance. Uh, they have a funeral for Billy the Kid and everything, and it tells you later on that um, uh, there was a horse stolen at that point in time. It was Pat Garrett's horse that got stolen. Wow. And they said he never stole a horse from anybody he didn't like, which gives you the idea and the hint that Billy the Kid lived through it. Because at the beginning of the movie, there's an old man that wants to get pardoned. And, and that, that's Billy real Billy true. The kid. That, that and that is true. Too. Br- brushy, that brushy, Bill, brushy Bill Roberts right. uh, claimed to be Billy the Kid. So if you want to go off any... Right, you go off any reality of the second movie. The reality they're going off was was that Billy the Kid was tracked down by Pat Garrett, supposedly, and a man who was older had come out at a certain year and wanted to get clemency from what he did and everything. He wanted to be yeah. pardoned like he was promised from right. the governor back then, which he never got. Um, that None of that part was you know pertinent to the Lincoln County Wars, so we didn't yeah, really yeah, talk yeah. about this much. And, and, we're, this, and we're, we're, we're flipping through this too, which, mean, you know, there was still, this is still an awesome movie and still totally worth your watching for real. Like both of the young guns, you got to watch them both. The second one is, is almost as good as the first one, even though it's like, we don't like it as much because it, you know what I mean? Especially after finding out all of the truths and things like that. But the second one is still incredible. There's a, there's one part in it where Chavez is, he takes off down this hill. That's just ungodly. You would never in your life try to ride a horse down this hill. He comes down through there. I say, I say, <laughs> like, it's, 
when he gets to the bottom there, uh, uh, Dave. Dave, Dave was like, man, that was amazing. Like, how the hell did you get him to do that? You know, what's that mean anyway? A say, a say. <laughs> Chavez literally said, it's an ancient Navajo word. It means stop. <laughs> yeah. Didn't work out so well. Yeah. And I was going to say basically what you said a second ago. I was going to say the same thing. It was not as as good as the first one because you get the story of the, the war in the first one and what went on with it. But the second yeah. one to me, to me, the second one was just as good. And when the second one came out, when it first came out, I actually liked it better because it was new and it brought yeah. on some new aspects of it. And I was like, man, this is just cool. And the way it worked out at the final stand with Doc and all them and right. how Billy get away at the end and you see it. It was in no way for me. It, it was in no way inferior at any point for me. I've no. always liked the first one better. But, yeah, no, the second one's yeah. right there with it. Yeah, and, and then sure. you lost all these people along the way. Pat Garrett no longer rode with him. And as far as yeah. I knew at the time, as far as I knew at the time, Pat Garrett rode with him. I didn't know any different. Right. But right. You know, now Pat's turned on him. He's chasing him down, basically. Doc gets killed. Uh, Baltazar Getty's uh, character ends up getting killed because he had Billy's hat on. They thought it was Billy that right. they were killing, and it wasn't. It was somebody else, and then Chavez dies. He took a gut shot at that place, and it, it slowly Chavez allegedly dies. We don't allegedly. see Chavez allegedly. We don't see him die. We just see this the vision of the spirit horse coming for him. That's but, that's supposed be, but that's supposed to be telling you he's dead because he and tells them when you die, the spirit horse comes to get you. I'm leading up to something, Chris. Come on, partner, help me out. We technically don't know that uh, that Skurlock is dead either because he got shot up pretty good. But technically, we don't know that he's dead. The reason we don't know that all these are dead was because in preparing for this episode, Chris and I was doing some looking around, and we heard from Emilio Estevez's mouth. Well, not we didn't hear. We read that had been stated right. by that uh, a Young Guns 3 is definitely in the work. Uh, there's actually been cover art released for this thing. They're just calling it Guns, and it looks like the Young part is, is has been shot out. He's got the bullet holes behind Chris. It's like yeah. that, but the Young has got all bullet holes in it, so it's supposed to be the guy's older. So written by the same, written and directed by the same person. Um, it's supposedly will have Kiefer Sutherland and definitely Emilio involved and uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. So this is supposedly definitely in the works. So that's got me excited. So that's why I'm harping on the, you know, the allegedly died. If they're going to do this, they better do it. (laughs) They better do it right in the way, because I mean, I'm not saying right with real life, but right with the movie scenes, the movie story, because you're right. We didn't see doc actually take his last breath. We didn't see um, Chavez actually dead. We just assume he died in the spirit horse coming took him. Right, because he was gut shot, and you really don't make it through no gut shot. Doc took a shot that was bad, and several other bullets he took as he came out of the building. But they could have easily taken him on, and he could have been nursed back to health because you're supposed to be a tough guy, you said. So maybe maybe they're going to say that could have happened. As far as I'm concerned, if they don't do a Young Guns 3, I'll be okay with it. Yeah, A Young Guns 3, if it's done correctly, though, would be awesome. It would be. I just want to make sure that it's done in they could make it a cheesy they could make it a cheesy letdown but if they do it right right that's like the new bill and ted man if it wasn't bill and ted it would have been crap but since it was well, bill and ted you know well, bill, it can bill be and ted three be. beverly hills cop three yeah you could have done without that movie okay Absolutely. sometimes sometimes they do a sequel just to get more money and that's what a lot yeah. of them are coming out in the upcoming years we're hearing about 
We got a new Lethal Weapon movie coming out in the future. A new, another uh, Beverly Hills Cop coming yeah, out in the future. It. We don't need those. We, we probably don't need these. Okay, we can probably do great without them. And yeah, I'm, that's all I'm gonna say on that because we're not. That's not the show we're doing or anything. Right, I'll leave right. it at that. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, as much as we did reading up and listening about the Lincoln County Wars. The the real true life story of the Lincoln County Wars is interesting on its own. Yeah. You should, if you're any kind of a Western fan, look it up. It's very fun. And, and it's way crazier and way bloodier than the movies, too. Like it's, actually, it's yes. way worse than the movies. If, if they were to ever come out and do an actual movie about the Lincoln County Wars and include the regulators in it, that would be great. You wouldn't have the same people, obviously. But it's like saying watching yeah. Kevin Costner's version of Wyatt Earp versus Kurt Russell's Tombstone. Exactly. There would be more truth related to it, and I would find that very awesome to watch. I would watch it in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Um, so if uh, any producers are watching the show today. Yeah, man, that sounds like a great idea. I like that one. Yeah, we don't, we'll don't. we take no claim for it or anything. You don't have to pay no. us for the idea. Just make it and get it out there. Heck yeah. You know, and uh, speaking of getting things out there, uh, check us out on social media. We got Instagram, we've got Facebook, we're on TikTok. And just here recently, I did start, and let me just see, make sure it says Retro Life View on there because I did a Twitter. Uh-oh. Once again, once Uh-oh. again, tweet, tweet. I have done tweet, a Twitter. Tweet, 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 tweet. I had one in the past for us, you know, and it just. Yeah. Uh, uh, so the name is Retro Life for You, but it's uh, when you're adding, it's not at Retro Life for You. It's at it, uh, you know, my first name, Chris, Chris A, and a bunch of let, uh, numbers afterwards. Unfortunately, uh, but if you look up, if if you look up Retro Life for You, you can probably see it on there. Uh, yeah. Regardless, uh, we'll be putting, putting some stuff out on there as well here. So, but follow us on all these areas. We're on YouTube, obviously, as you can see. Subscribe to the channel. Click yeah. the bell up there to let you know when we get Comment. new stuff. Get involved, yeah. Exactly. We we love the comments. We love to, we we love to go back and forth with you guys on these oh, things. Yeah. And uh, in the future, there will be some extra content coming out. So clicking the bell at the top is going to be pretty important for you because it's not just going to be when we upload the stuff for the podcast itself. You'll see some other interesting things from the '80s. The podcast itself, we're trying to keep movie related in some way. So, mm-hmm. but we're retro life. We're, Maybe we're retro or television. We'll have a lot of stuff out there for you as well. Um, that being said, thanks for uh, tuning into us yet another week and listening to our rambling and our babble going on. And, uh, speaking of, uh, rambling and babble, Travis, the, uh, king of rambling and babble, do you got anything you want to say on the way out the door? Regulators, mount up. <laughs>